reignite your passion for God and for his work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International Adenta Branch, as he comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service filled with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Roadshow, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving word of God. Now listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Can you give the Lord a big shout? It is a season. It's a season of greatness. It's a year of greatness. And we want to flow in the river that flows. Amen. Anything you want, you can achieve all. 
it's time to shine again. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. It is your season. It is your time to shine again. This year, you will be great. Celebrate the goodness of the Lord this morning again with a hand clap. And it's time for our testimony of the day. And we have a brother here, Jeffrey Amaglo. Is Jeffrey in the house? Okay. Put your hands together for him. He has a testimony to share to the glory of God. And I see your own testimony coming up. Hallelujah. My name is Jeffrey Amaglo from Humility Zone. ZP Eric Asamoah is my zona pastor. When I joined this church, a few months later, I became a shepherd. Along the line, I lost interest, so I stopped. I became very frustrated because of the work, and I stopped. One thing which was very important to me was a driving license, because I've been driving for some time without a license, so I needed a license. So I pushed God aside, and I began to change my own license. I went to the driving school, I studied, I wrote the exam, and I failed. I said, hey, <laughs> I've been driving for four years, I know, <laughs> I know much, so why should I feel this? I said, okay, it's one of those things. I went again, and I failed. I said, ah, what is happening to me? <laughs> in fact, I became very surprised that, hey, an experienced driver, in fact, a chief driver, <laughs> I said, okay. Then I said, no, no, this thing, I have to pass somewhere. So I wanted to pay bribe. When I got the money, I went there. Two people, they didn't accept the bribe. I said, hey, license office. License office, yeah. So why didn't they accept the bribe? Ah, so I wrote the third time and I failed. My frustration became so much, so much, like 100 times than when I was shepherding. I thought even the shepherding was the one causing me to be frustrated, but I realized that no. So, the following week, I came to church, and out of the blue, pastor just called me for a meeting. And when I went there, I was the only one. I said, hey, <laughs> only one in a <the> meeting. <laughs> okay. He counseled me. He said he, when he went for his visa, it was very easy. In fact, he was home, and they called him, and they gave him the visa. He said something. He said, Minu Obiao. Apart from Nyankupong, he doesn't have anybody apart from God. In fact, I didn't tell him what was happening. But I didn't know how he called me, why he even called me. I was very surprised. But I said, okay. So he said, go and beg your zona pastor and start shepherding again. So wow. In fact, I left his office crying. He's here. You can ask him <laughs> after church. Amen. I left his office crying. He even gave me tissue to clean. So when I got down, I saw my zona pastor, and I asked him that I want to start shepherding. And he said, ah, what is happening? I said, nothing, I want to start shepherding. <laughs> so after my first meeting, I went to the exams. When I got there, something happened. The computer went off four times. But when the, it came up again and I submit, I had 80%. I had 80%, 18%. In fact, in fact, in fact, I didn't even learn. I didn't even have the time to learn. I'm telling you, not that... I'm trying to phrase something. I'm telling you by confidence, I didn't have the time to learn. In fact, when I got to the office and I opened my book, I was even confused. So I put the book somewhere. I passed with this. And from that time, it became so easy. All the processes. And as I'm speaking to you, I forgot to bring my lances. But I have my lances with me right now. And I want to thank God 
I want to thank God for this. Please, please, let us all obey. It's simple. It's not about anything. It's simple principle. Obedience, and you will go far. Thank God for my life, and thank God for what he has done for me. I want to thank Bishop. I want to thank Pastor. Thank you all. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. I say again, this is your year of greatness. And you come as close to your greatness as you learn to obey the voice of your shepherd. Now before the man of God, how many of you believe that we've got one of the best fathers in ministry that we can have in this? And I know, I believe that this year, he is going to lead us into the greatness that God has set before us. So, to prepare the way for him to come and minister, we want our sister, Mrs. Oklu, to minister a song to us. Put your hands together and you may have your seat.
clap your hands. Take my life and let it be. Clap again for our wonderful sister. And let's share a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful for the privilege to be in your presence today. We ask that you speak to us. Minister grace to our hearts. Guide us by your eternal light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may please be seated. It's a blessing to be in church once again. There is no place on earth like the house of God. I'm very happy that God made it possible for us to be here. I want you to always consider it a privilege to be in church. No matter how often you come to church, no matter how many times you find yourself here, remember that most people, because we do not represent the majority. We do not represent the majority. You'll hear them saying that most Ghanaians are Christians. The meaning is very different from what I'm talking about. Christianity for many people means very different things. For some people, not being a Muslim means you're a Christian. For some people, your parents being Christians means that you are a Christian. I'm talking about the people who on Sunday morning, like you, have come to church to sit at the feet of God, to hear God's word, are few. And so when you have that chance to be in church, it must be a special moment for you. Amen. This morning, I'm continuing to share with you on the subject of greatness, which I've titled, The Road to Greatness. The Road to Greatness. The Road to Greatness. It is the will of God that you become a great person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I remember I gave you some meanings of what it means to be great. To be great means to be very good. To be great means to be first rate, first class. To be great means to be important. Yes. It is important that you become important in life. Yes, it's very important that you become important in life. Whatever it is, God must put into your life for you to be important. God will do it this year. But you will be important. Another meaning of the word great is highly significant. 
highly significant. Someone you cannot easily ignore. To be significant means to stand out. And the meaning of great means someone who is of extraordinary powers. Extraordinary. You must not be common. That is one of the things God has in mind when he calls you to himself. You must not be an ordinary person. Not noticed. People must notice you. Jesus said you are a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. A city set on a hill which cannot be hid. That is your destiny as a believer. You must be someone who cannot be hidden. You must be great and noticeable. And the word great is a word which is in your genetic makeup. If you are born again, if you are in Christ, it is part of your destiny to be great. Greatness is in your ancestry. Jesus had a prophecy about his life that he was going to be great. The angel said, and he shall be great. And was he not great? Was Jesus not great? So believe that if your father who gave birth to you was great, it means at least you have the ability, you have it in you to be great. In school, to be great. In business, to be great. In church, to be great. In social life, in your social life, to be great. Why? Because the one who gave birth to you was great. And I think I remember telling you that it is not so much based on your natural environment where you were born naturally cannot determine your destiny. Jesus was born in a manger. A place where animals lived. That is where Jesus was born. But he rose out of that manger to become a great person. It does not matter the town you were born in. Whether it's a town which is popular or not. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Which is the least of all the cities. And grew up in Nazareth. Nothing was expected out of Nazareth. So much that it became a saying. 
what good thing can come out of Nazareth? So your greatness even defies the expectations of people. What good thing can come from your family? What good thing can come out of your life? What good thing can come out of somebody with no education? But that was exactly what God did. Something great came out of Nazareth. And may something great also come out of you. My dear brothers and sisters, when we become born again, we, we are programmed for greatness. God does not reduce you. God does not call you to reduce you. God does not call you to reduce you. God does not bring you to himself to, re to reduce you. God does not bring you near to reduce you. He brings you near to increase you, to make you great. The Bible says a little one, a little one shall become a great nation, shall become a thousand. Don't forget, it's the same Isaiah 60 that talks about your light has come. Arise and shine because your light has come. And then he ends by saying that a little one shall become a thousand and a small one shall be, verse 22, I think. Is there verse 22 here? A little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation. So if you are little here, expect to become a thousand. When we count you, we count you in units. Five. One. Seven. You can become a thousand. So this morning, I'm even surprised at the testimony that came. Because that is exactly what I am sharing with you today. One of the milestones you must cross, you must meet when you are on the road to greatness is obedience. 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 You cannot be great without walking in obedience. Remember that always something from outside, something from outside, you. will determine your greatness. I remember I told you some weeks ago, you cannot cook up greatness. You can't just get up and say you will make yourself great. 
You cannot. Greatness is, I mean, look at that. The type of words I used. The, 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 the meanings of great. Outstanding. These are not words <laughs> comparatively large in size. First class. First rate. Being notable. Highly significant. Distinguished. Famous. Of noble or lofty character. Now, these are not things you just get up from your house and say, you are going to make yourself of lofty character. You are going to make yourself noticeable. A power outside you makes you great. It was said of Abraham. God told him, I will make you great. I will bless you. I will make you great. Anybody who becomes great has an outside power he attributes his greatness to. Your greatness is outside you. Go to school. Learn hard. Get a first class. But to be great is outside your power. You know, it is interesting that it is in Genesis 12. It, you know, the, the Bible is a very interesting book. It's a very interesting book. Look, look, look at it. You know, I find it quite interesting that it is in Genesis 12 that we have such a statement coming from God to a man. I will bless you. I will make you great. I will make your name great. Because just in chapter, you know, it, the Bible is very wonderful. In chapter 11, of this same Genesis, there were some people who had a vision to be great. Verse 4 of Genesis 11. He said, let us build a city whose top may reach unto the heaven and let us make us a name. Let us build something that will make us great. This is the story of the Tower of Babel, verse uh, chapter 11, Genesis 11. Don't forget it. Some people had a vision to make themselves great. Let's build a skyscraper. It's not today that we have skyscrapers in Japan and uh, Indonesia 
and Dubai. Genesis. The vision was to build something that reached the skies. To make themselves a name. That was it. Let us make for ourselves. You cannot make for yourself a name. I'm telling you, you know, that's why when, great, when people become great and they write books, they are memoirs, they are the, 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 the story of their lives. You know, it is very deceptive because it's almost like if you also do the things they did, you'll be great. But it's not so. There is always a power outside you. That makes you great. Ha <laughs> I don't know how to, how to tell you this one. Most people will be, look, it's not by going to the university. It's not by being beautiful or being tall or being handsome or being an engineer or a, be, being a president. This country here, we've had a president in this country. He died poor. Ghana. He could not even afford a, a saloon car. He was driving an old uh, Pojo. Do you know Pojo? <laughs> Pickup. President. Listen to me. It's not by being a president. It's not by being an MP. A power outside you makes you great. He died. That's even nice. I prefer to die driving a pickup. Not having money. I prefer than to be shot on a stick. They will tie me on a stick and kill me on television. No. That disgrace May the Lord take it away from my life. People go to school. Because this person is a doctor, I'll also be a doctor. This one is a lawyer, I'll also be a lawyer. I mean, all these things, look. Meanwhile, you are supposed to be great. That's why I've taken my time to show you the road to greatness. I'm telling you, it's not... Last week, I talked about the anointing. A power outside you. Drops of oil outside the oil in your body. When it falls on you, it makes you great. And today, I'm talking about obedience. Yes. Most people who do not become great are disobedient. Once again, I'm talking about a power outside you. And I, that power is not always God or angels. You know, like, like our brother who shared the testimony. He wrote the exam three times. And his pastor called him. The pastor didn't even know he was failing in life. And advised him to be a shepherd. And he took the advice. He went to his zonal leader and asked the person, please, I want to be a shepherd. 
And the testimony he said about the driving license is, is, is the beginning of miracles in his life. I'm telling you, it's the beginning. He should have waited to come and share a proper testimony. But it's good he's come to share. When I say proper, I mean something hugely massive compared to a driving license. But he's a grateful person. That's why he has come to share. Because there should be no miracle too small for us to talk about. But he should wait. He will see proper works of God in his life. Because there is a difference between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. You must be ready to obey God. Obey. Obedience. That is, somebody will guide you. And then you are ready to obey the instructions of the person. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 23 tells us that the way of a man is not in himself. You see, once again, that's a point I was making. That's a point, actually. I didn't even link it. The way of a man is not in himself. The way of a man, you cannot guide. In fact, he goes on and says, it is not in man. That worketh to direct his steps. The compass you need to direct your steps to greatness is not in you. When you meet somebody who is great and the person is telling you how he became great, remember my words, the person may not even know what really is responsible. He will tell you how he got a big job that paid him $10,000 as soon as he came out of law school. So then the trick is that the law school gave him a big job, $10,000 a month. But what that person may not know is that not everybody who comes out of law school gets a big job. But rather his grandmother in the village spoke some words over his life. He may not know. It is not in man. It's not in you. Well, I, I choose to obey the word of God. You, you try it. You know your auntie who married a white man and became very rich, you know, had uh, built houses, had some cars. I mean, she's great. You to marry a white man and see. <laughs> marry a white man. The way is not in you. It is not in you. It is not in you. It is not in a man that walks to direct his steps. It's not in you. The steps, the road to greatness, you don't know the way. You don't know it. There is no book in any library in the world that can show you the way to greatness. You try it and see. That's why in every experiment there is what you call a control. Something, so all, all the factors are the same except one factor. Yes. You go to school, she goes to school but the outcomes are different. 
a certain man had two sons. The same man, the same wife, gives birth to two boys, the same house, the same everything, upbringing, money, servant, the same. One ends up a fool. One ends up great and rich. Differences. A certain man had two sons. Control experiment. Now you see that the difference is not who gave birth to you. The difference is not the house you stayed in. The difference is that one was close to his father and one was far. Some of you, stubbornness describes you. Stubborn. Stubborn. You brought it even to church. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, stubborn. You don't, I mean, you don't listen to advice. You don't obey. It's like what you want to do is what you do. And I'm telling you today from Jeremiah 10 that what you want to do will take you nowhere because you don't have that compass, that GPS. It's not in you. It's not in you. That is why the Bible says in Isaiah 1.19, if you are willing and obedient. I mean, to be in church, you don't know what it means. The effort you made to come to church. This hamatan weather to leave your house. Hopefully you had your baths. Hopefully. You dress. No, I'm telling you, it's not a small thing. Early morning service, a hall is almost full. It's not a small thing. Some of you came by Chotro. Even if you drove your car, it's not a small thing to be sitting in church at this time of the day. But it is not enough. That's all I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say that you've done well to be sitting in church. That shows your willingness. But there's another word beyond willing. It's called obedience. You can be sitting in church as a stubborn guy. Obedience leads to greatness. If you are willing, you've come to church. Meanwhile, you don't want to obey what God is telling you. You heard it last week that as a church, we are fasting. It's as exactly, if, if I, this is the time you are even eating more because you are not the type who is about to submit yourself to any nonsense. Nonsense. Because you are, you are big. Nobody can control you. <laughs> yeah. Look at Ezekiel 33. Look at what happens there. They also came to church. Ezekiel 33 verse 31. They came to thee as thy people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. It's the same thing, obedience. They will not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, but their heart, it goes after their covetousness, their greed, their arrogance. Sitting in church is not enough. 
There's something more to coming to church, more than coming to church. It's called obey, obedience, obey, obedience. They come, look at it. As God's people, they sit down. Is it not there? Do they sit or they stand? Yeah. Are you sitting? Yes. And they hear thy words. Are you hearing the words? Can the sound reach your tympanic membrane at the back? Yeah. They hear thy words, but they will not do them. I, I, I want to show you clearly that it's not enough to dress up and come to church. There is something beyond coming to church. If you don't know, I'm telling you, there is something beyond coming to sit in church that's not... You, personally, I will advise you to be at home than to wake up and come... Oh, well, unless you want, to, you want some outing. You want a place to wear your dress to. Which is not even nice. They come to church, but they will not obey. They will not obey. No message, no verse, no preaching, nothing. They won't obey. It's not, and, and you see, you will not be great that way. You will not be great. That's not how to be great. The people, today I want to talk about Isaac. There's a man in the Bible. You, you, you look at him. Look at, look at Isaac's greatness. Look at it. Genesis 26, verse 12. This is the man's greatness. You remember, Isaac was a son of Abraham. If your father is a crab, I'm sure you know you also have a hard shell. Yes. If your father is a bird, you will fly. I'm not surprised that this is Isaac because his father was a great man. Yes. But it's not enough. You see, having it in your genes does not mean that you will become that thing. I told you last week, there's a course I did in the university called Gene Expression. Yes. There are, you, you may have the gene in you, but it will not express itself. So we learn it. Yes, gene expression. Yeah. You can do something to a bird's mind, the mind of a bird. It will have wings, but it won't fly. It will be standing there like a frog. Even a frog can leap. Having wings does not mean you will fly. There are things that make a bird fly. So I'm not surprised at what I'm about to read to you. Look at it. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. Now I'm about to tell you the land. The type of land he sowed in. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13. Isaac, remember his father was going to be made great. Verse 13. And the man, which man? Your uncle. Who? Isaac. He waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. <laughs> For he had possessions of flocks 
and possession of heads and great store of servants. Serv- Human beings, oh, it's like rice in a storeroom. Servant, yes, that's what it's a store. I mean, do you use a word like store for human beings? <laughs> a great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. May you be so great that your enemies will envy you. Many of us, most people, your enemies criticize you. They have enough stories about you to disdain you. To mock you. But not Isaac. His enemies envied him. May your enemies envy you. It is, it is a blessing. Yes. Because when they look at you, pa, they can see that Charlie, they have used all powers, but you are still moving forward. And, and that's why it was said, it said, he moved forward. Verse 15. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped him and filled them with earth. Wells, they poured soil inside. Verse 16. But Abimelech said to Isaac, go from us, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. May these words ring in your ears one day, for you are much mightier. When will someone say about you that I know I am mighty, but you are mightier? I know I am anointed, but you are more anointed. Receive greatness in your life. This story, once again, you, don't, you can't make yourself into a person who is envied by your enemies. The Philistines did what? Envied him. When will your enemies stop criticizing you to envying you? There's nothing to your life nothing. Now, the key is obedience. Isaac did not arrive here by himself. Why? Because it is not in a man that walketh to make himself so great that your enemies will say you are mightier than we. In the same Genesis 26, There was a famine in that land, verse 1. Beside the famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The man who told him that you are mightier than we. That is, the king of your enemies is now confessing that Charlie. You are great. Just leave us alone. Move away from us. It's like when you are around us, our greatness doesn't show. So move away from us. Don't eclipse our greatness. And the Lord appeared unto him. Are you seeing it in verse 2? I'm ending now. The Lord appeared unto him and said, 
go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give unto thy seed all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give unto thy seed all these countries and in my seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge look at verse 6 and Isaac dwelt in London sorry Isaac dwelt in Massachusetts <laughs> Isaac dwelt in Hamburg where did Isaac dwell? Gerard the same place where there was a farming and everybody was leaving and going to Egypt because it is sensible that if this land is dry we move to a place which has water it just makes common sense it is stupidity to continue staying in a place where there is no water when you need water for your life and that is how many people have become small they live their lives by common sense. But there is a higher sense than common sense. Now, 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 you, you, you think about it. Who here doesn't have problems? Accommodation, we are finding money to pay our rent. Money for transportation, even to work. Food to eat. How to get some money to buy you know cloth for our engagement how to pay for our wedding how to buy land land in Accra our health issues pain here pain there not to mention those women who have married fools who must manage them these are problems in life not to, not to mention those men who have married witches. We have problems. Not to mention children you cannot control. Who must do their homework. It makes sense that all of us should concentrate on our little lives. It makes sense. Then comes a word from the Lord to somebody. I know you have problems. I know you have health issues. I know you have uh, accommodation issues. But pause and think about somebody else 
visit a brother, pray for someone, join a meeting, be trained to be a shepherd, to help people, even when you yourself don't have two Bibles. And God wants you to, to, to be trained to bring people up in God when you yourself cannot find your feet. When I'm looking for money to buy my land and start my project, then you come and say, we should sow seeds, we are building a tower. Media shouldn't build a tower. <laughs> Common what? Sense. But sometimes, and it is common sense must be used. Yes, everybody must use common sense. But there is a day, always, a word from the Lord comes to you which does not make sense, not even common sense. Doesn't make sense at all. But in the land of famine, in the land of drought, a voice, you may even think the voice was a, 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 the voice of a, of a demon. Don't go, yes. When I finished medical school, all my friends were moving. Some to London, some to America. Oh, my real friends that I, I mean, I have lived with and I have really, you know, my life, my friends. I'm not in Ghana. I'm not in Ghana. It's when I travel abroad that I enter into the circle of my real friends. We can sit down and talk like human beings. I have nothing like that here. And I was also being tempted to join them. Because what they had to go, I also had it to go. But always a word from the Lord selects you and brings you out and guides you on a different path. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, stay here. You are going nowhere. You are going nowhere. Stay. I said, what? I said, I obeyed. No, I'm not saying that my friends who went to America were disobedient. No. God's plans for our lives are very different. His will for you, that is why if I, dis, if I make up my mind that I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life, it is the peak of stupidity because it is important for you to know there's a book, The Art of Hearing. The ability to hear God. The Art of Hearing. This, it's a book everybody must have to read. Even when you are following somebody, you must still hear God because you see, once your thumbprint is different from everybody else's thumbprint, it means there is something unique about you that you need to hear God's voice about. And you must hear. Otherwise, you follow him. I see that. No. But I say, two shall be lying on the same bed. One will be taken away and one will remain. This morning I came to tell you to be obedient. In the case of Isaac, a word from the Lord came to him. But in your case, it may not be the Lord because you are not even spiritual enough to hear God speak. 
as long as you are not what? Even spiritual enough to hear the voice of God. He will use your pastor. He will use your shepherd. He will use even the preaching. The message I'm preaching today may be the voice of God coming to you there. And he obeyed. Isaac dwelt in Gerah. And see what God made him. Where everybody, where nobody could be great. Because of the voice of God. Isaac dwelt there. The fact that someone has not prospered in Brekum does not mean you will also not prosper in Brekum. What matters is that God's word has come to you. An instruction has come to you. Go and stay there. This year, expect to hear something that will not make sense to you. Expect an instruction. But, Pastor, how will we know that it is from it is uh, the voice of God, or how will we know that uh, God is speaking, or how will I know that the word is for me, or it's not Pastella? How will I know? Uh, you will know. There's nothing how you will know. Look, Micah chapter six verse eight says, "He had shown thee." You will know. Most people who don't obey God cannot say that they didn't know. They knew what God was saying. As you sit there, you know exactly God's plan. Yes. He said, he has shown thee, Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Oh man, what is good? God has shown, you know what is good. But you will not do what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? But to walk humbly and to love mercy. Yes. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. He has showed thee what is good. To love mercy, to do justly. You know, tell your neighbor. That remind the person you know what is right. Yeah, you know you can't say you, you know what's right. It's your stubbornness that has brought you to sit where you are sitting. You know it. I said you know it. Even if you don't know it, you know exactly where to go for explanation. You are, you are doubting. Should I marry this boy or not? Should I marry him or not? You know that your pastor is sitting there. That you can go and ask, Pastor, this boy wants to marry me. What do I do? You know. Samuel, when he heard the voice of God, he, he, he didn't know whether it was God. But he knew where to go. Even when Eli was sleeping, he knocked on his door. He said, wake up. I'm hearing a voice. You know where to go. He has already shown you. You know which book to read to build your church, to move your zone from 50 members to 500. You know it. The problem is that you will not do. That's a problem. He has shown you. You know what to do to build your church. As you are sitting there with your big stomach superintending over 80 members or 40 members and saying they should call you daddy. Foolish man. 
He should call you daddy. You know what to do, but you will not do it. That is why today I came to tell you that if you want to be great, obey, trust, and obey. It's not enough to trust. It's not enough to be willing. I'm speaking to stubborn people, rich and stubborn, educated and stubborn, beautiful and stubborn, whatever and stubborn. Some of you to no reason but stubborn. He has shown thee. Obey and you will be great. Rise to your feet. Please close your eyes. Father, we thank you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you are here today, you are not born again, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be born again. Pastor, please pray for me. If you are here like that, and you want me to pray for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Yes. This is high. You want to surrender. You want to start your life anew, afresh. Lift your hand. It's a step we take. It's a clear step we take. It's not something, you know, ambiguous. You don't know you are here. No. You want to receive Jesus Christ. Lift your hand high above your head. And if your hand is up, please come to the front here. Come to me here. Come to me. I want to pray with you, my dear. Come, my dear. for listening to this podcast. We believe that you have been truly blessed. You can send a mail to Bishop Edwin Ogo at bishopedwinogo at gmail.com. Introduce this podcast to a friend, keep listening, and keep living passionately for God.